Welcome to the Wedding Breakroom Podcast, where your favorite Oklahoma wedding professionals hang out, tell stories, and share advice. If you are a wedding professional, this is a great place to learn from your peers. If you are a couple getting married, you'll get an inside look into what it takes to make your day so special. Welcome to part one of the year-end wrap-up for the Wedding Break Room podcast. I love doing this episode so much because it allowed me to go back and listen to all the wonderful things, the wonderful advice, and the stories that you Oklahoma wedding professionals have shared with us over the last several months. So what I did was I took the most educational pieces of every episode and uh, of episodes one through 13 for part one, and I combined them into one episode. So this does not mean that each of these uh, clips are the best or only educational parts of those episodes. So if you as a listener, you hear somebody on this podcast, on this particular episode, and you like it, go listen to the full episode. Each one of these wedding professionals have so much more to offer than the small clip that I was able able to get in there because I I can't have this episode being two or three hours long. So I I had to limit what I put in here. So I'm just going to get started so you don't have to hear my voice anymore. This first clip is from my friend, Tom Sawyer. And Tom is an incredible human being. He's very passionate. And and I love the way he he is really involved in personal growth. And that personal growth grows him and it grows his business. So I'm just going to let him talk about that in his own words from episode one. What's the first step a wedding professional can take today to start on a journey of uh, personal growth or continued improvement? Take down the blinders. Okay. What do you mean by that? Um, so many wedding professionals are, it's mm. everything, nothing's, nothing, nothing's to my left or to my right. Everything's straight ahead and I can't see what's next to me. Okay. Um, I think you really have to do that. But I think you really have to kind of be open to it and yeah. be willing to look for it because there's so much out there. I mean, there's so much. There's so much, if you take the time to look for it, there's so much opportunity out there for you to find something to make you better. Yeah. Even if yeah. It, maybe it's just a business standpoint, maybe it's a, a performance standpoint, maybe it's just music in general. Um, there's so many things you can do. You just have to go look for it and yeah. want to go look for it. Well, thank you, Tom, for that. This next clip I'm going to let you listen to is Angie Martin. And I sense a lot of leadership qualities in Angie Martin because of the way her team is. They have great teamwork. They make weddings beautiful. They 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 care about their client, and they all have a passion for this. I could tell whenever I work with each one of her her people, and I know that could be a struggle for a lot of us is finding the right people and doing the right things to manage and to lead those people. So I ask Angie Martin a question along these lines. So here it is. Give it a listen. When it comes to your the the coordinators, the planners who work for Borrowed Charm, I have noticed just being out in the wedding industry that I see the same faces quite often. And even the new faces that I see, I continue to see them. So mm-hmm. you're keeping good people, uh, really good people, because I've worked with nearly all of them. So what advice can you give to other wedding professionals who maybe can't seem to keep good people? Or what are some of the major qualities you look for when hiring? So um, we create beautiful weddings and we love our clients and they're is um, there is a lot to be said for that, but my absolute favorite thing to talk about in Bar Charm is my team. Yeah. Um, I even get emotional because I am just so grateful to them. Um, but I think that 
being upfront and honest and kind of, again, my expectations and what I expect from them. A long time ago, a business mentor told me that I needed to operate by core company values and I needed to figure mm-hmm. out what those were and where I wanted those to take me. And that's been a resource that I've reflected throughout hiring everybody. And everybody gets a copy of those and every decision we make is based on those. We have a policy, all hands on deck. So everyone experienced the pain of every single aspect of this oh, business. Okay. So our plan have done deliveries. Our planners have been event assistants. Um, Michelle, has, who, you know, she's our office manager. She does our invoicing. She has done a delivery. So mm-hmm. everyone understands the shoes that the other person is walking in, and it kind of has created this feel of a family. I am not a big fan of the word boss, except for in the <laughs> context of like owning yourself sure. and like, you know, owning who you are. But I prefer to think of it as we have a really amazing team, and I am so fortunate that I get to lead that team. And, you know, I'm human. I fail and they're not afraid (laughs) to tell me I fail. Um, But it's keeping that line of communication open to where they know my expectations and they're very well laid out. And I know their expectations. Um, I consider it a privilege to be the person who leads a ship that their families rely on. I take that very serious. Well, thank you, Angie, for that. This next clip is from Gisela Wolfenbarger. She owns the Grand Canadian Theater. And, And one thing I've noticed about her is she does the little things well. She does the little things sometimes knowing that it might not even get noticed. But but I, I like the quote from John Wooden, one of the winningest basketball coaches ever. He says it's a little details that are vital. Little things make big things happen. And I believe Gisela is making big things happen and in a large part because of the little things that she pays attention to and are her servant heart when it comes to her venue and when it comes to her clients. So so let's let's tune into what Gisela said about this. Um, I see you doing some of those things that you don't have to, but I could tell you do it because you love your clients. You want the day to be perfect for them and you're not afraid to climb up on that ladder and do things. So what would you tell a wedding professional who maybe they just don't have that servant heart? How would what are some steps they could take? Let's say somebody just doesn't have it naturally. What would you say to them? It just takes a little bit. Um, Talk to them and see what's important. Whether it's a soft drink that they want to drink, you know, provide that soft drink for them that day. If there's a grandparent that can't walk very well, save them a seat or go get them something to eat and bring it to their table. Just little details like that. Sometimes people will recognize them and sometimes they won't, but either way, they feel like you're spending extra time with them, even though it's just a little something that I asked, you know, what do you like to drink, you know, and have that extra Dr. Pepper for them Mm -hmm. or whatever it is that they want to drink. And um, I would just say, spend time with your client as far as talking to them what's important. I think they will eventually let you know. And if you can't figure out something, then just, just look at how they are their character, and then maybe pick something that you think that been meaningful to them. Thank you, Gisela. This next clip is Danielle Throckmorton. She owns Throckmorton Events and Throck Shop, and that's where I wanted to focus my my interview with her is how do you find the time 
to do both because both of her companies are, are very successful. And, and so I know a lot of people have a lot of things on their plate. They're trying to do this and they're also trying to do that. So I asked uh, Danielle specifically about this. So here, here it is in her words. I want to ask you a question based off of what you just said that I really want to learn something from you about. You said you're intentional about your task, what you put on the calendar, your priorities. You're intentional about your time and efforts. Throckmorton Events is a very successful company. And I see that um, Throck Shop is also becoming a successful company. So considering that you have two businesses now, what advice would you give other wedding professionals who are considering taking on a second project? Uh, what are some things that you have learned so far with having to deal with two companies when both companies may be very demanding of your attention? And my advice for other wedding professionals in general or business owners would be um, being okay and accepting the fact that you cannot do it all. Mm, and yes. I know we've heard this before, but it's the truth. I mean, personally for me, carrying that weight of trying to do it all um, can be overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, and being okay with the fact that it's okay to outsource. And I feel like that's something that I have really enjoyed recently is like letting go of some of that control and knowing that my team is prepared to handle some things that I have other wedding professionals or um, business professionals that are even maybe more qualified than me in mm -hmm. some areas of the business. So for me, one of my goals for this year was to hire an accountant. I waited until I launched Throck Shop in mm -hmm. March. So I got a whole quarter in and I looked at my vision board and I was like, okay, babe, like we've got to get this done. <laughs> So um, it was a totally different aspect when you go from a service-based or a service-based business to a product-based business. Yeah. It was a lot um, of difference in my accounting, and so I have an accountant. I outsource that, and you guys, I feel so good. <laughs> I got an email last week that said, "Danielle, these are your estimates for the quarter. Make sure to get those sent in." And oh. I didn't have to stress about it. And so I do, I do fill in all, all of my own bookkeeping. Yeah. And then they track it and make sure I you know, categorize correctly. So that's a way I've outsourced. I've outsourced some of my blogging. Okay. I outsourced my Pinterest. Um, my Pinterest is well over a million followers right now. Wow. Uh, or monthly viewers, I should say. Um, and it's okay that I didn't have the time yeah. to do it. And that I was able to work in my business and not on my business because... I kept finding myself just sitting down and trying to do all of those things when really I needed to be showing up live in their community. I needed to be reaching out and networking with vendors. I needed to be serving my customers that I currently have so I can keep getting reviews like that. Yeah. Um, I want to have the time to sit down and send them a message. Hey, girl, I saw that you went um, wedding dress shopping this weekend. That looked like a blast. You know, <laughs> how is everything else going with you? You know, just yeah. different things that are personal. Like, I try to really provide good customer service, and I can't do that if I'm constantly working on my business instead of in it. Well, thank you, Danielle. This next clip is from our friend Brandon Burton, and he he tells something, talks about something interesting that doesn't even have anything to do with photography, but it still helps his brand. He associates himself with something outside of photography, and it gets people to talking about him. And I know this to be true because I have heard of Brandon Burton a couple times before I ever even met him or really even knew what he did because people were talking about this specific thing that he does. So it's really interesting. So let's let's tune in to what Brandon Burton has to say about this. I've been in some, uh, some, some groups with other wedding vendors and I've overheard them talking about something uh, twice. Okay. And one of them was, yeah, this person always gets out 
on the dance floor for the Wobble, and I didn't know who they were talking about. <laughs> and I said, I, so I just, I was like, who are you talking about? Because I'd never really heard it. I couldn't really uh, put my finger on who it was. And they said, Brandon Burton. And then a few weeks later, I do a wedding with you. We play the Wobble, and of course you get out there. And Boogie. And Boogie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, so I love to dance anyway, but um, I definitely... When the wobble first came out, I remember someone doing it, and then I thought, I love that. And so I just, <laughs> I learned it. Yeah. Uh, but now that I've um, done it so often, I've seen so many variations of it. And so it really just depends on the group. Um, if I think that I'm going to just make a complete fool of myself, um, <laughs> I don't do it. Because <laughs> yeah. there's, there's like a really advanced way of doing the wobble. Um, and I have yet to really master that, but um, I call it the white boy version that I know. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the reason why I do that is because, um, one, it's fun, uh, but two, it's important to establish yourself with other things outside of your uh, business. Um, you know, and I think that as a, as a self-promoter, as a brand, um, you've got to give other people something else to talk about that's relatable. So not everyone is a photographer, but everyone usually likes to dance. So, yeah. and that's it's funny that you come to me saying that you heard people talking about this because that's the that's the goal, right? Um, you rarely hear people talk about how great someone is at what they do mm-hmm. compared to uh, something different like the dancing or singing something else or um, I don't know. I just tell my students all the time, give something else to talk about. And so the wobble for me, that's what it is. <laughs> but it's also fun. It's always, it's always nice to just put the camera down and, and enjoy a good dance. So it's funny because I had a bride. So it's, an, it's actually in my contract. That if uh, the wobble's played, I'm gonna dance. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, next time I work with you, which is this weekend actually, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna hit the wobble as soon as the bride starts walking down. And uh, I'm, gonna oh, see, I'm gonna see you dance at the most awkward time. It's gonna be right. hilarious. Yeah, that's gonna be great. I'm, I'm gonna get a bad review from the bride because of, but I think it would be. Because that'll be it. their first dance <laughs> with the photographer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, interesting story actually. Um, I had a bride once tell me, that I had to take it out of my contract. Really? Yeah, it was kind of like a like a blow. Like, hmm. are you kidding? Like, someone that's just trying to take control, right? Sure. Um, and so I always meet up with my brides face-to-face, but this bride particularly lived in um, out of state. And so she texted me requesting a few adjustments to the contract, and that was one of them. And so for me, I hate, number one, I hate contracts, <laughs> but I know that they're super important. So of course I'm going to have them, but I hate them because they, they turn my, my brand more into a uptight level of structure, which is why I threw the wobble in there because yeah. I wanted people to know like, yes, I'm doing this contract and yes, it's, there's merit to it, but it's still me, you know? brain and fun, whatever. Um, and so anyway, she told me to take a huge part of who I am out of my contract. And that was the biggest red flag. And so I, I said, I, I, can, I can't do your wedding. Like I uh, said no to it. And so I think that took a lot of boldness and bravery mm-hmm. um, and maturity as far as a business move. 
And so, yeah, I, I said no. I think she was going to do like the largest package, $3,500. And one would say, well, why can't you just not do the wobble? So it's not the fact that I couldn't do the wobble. It was the principle behind taking who I am outside of my, out of my business. Yeah. And that to me is the biggest thing. I mean, that's like, that's like taking my heart out of who my body, you know, like taking who I am out of what I can offer. So it just spoke a lot more than just the fact that the wobble is what it is. <laughs> so I think it just reminded me, um, stay true to you, who you are. Well, thank you, Brandon. This next clip is from Austin Smith, DJ Austin Smith. And we talk about how to get the end result that we want through teamwork and proper communication. Because a lot of times, as you wedding vendors know, we're all in the same building. We're serving the same client. We may all have the, well, hopefully we all have the same end result of it being just a, a, a great, wonderful wedding. But sometimes we're all in the same building and we don't really have that teamwork that we should in order to get, and you'll mention Austin Smith, mention that, in order to get those high fives at the end of the night, when, when the night's over and we're high-fiving other wedding vendors, there's almost not a better feeling knowing that you just knocked it out of the park. So, so I have Austin Smith kind of dig into this and, and how teamwork and communication uh, work together to, to get that end result that you want. So here we go. There's a lot of really talented vendors out there, but they may not have that teamwork mentality. They're talented, they're great at what they do, the result of what they do is great, whether it's photos or a DJ. What would you say to a talented wedding professional who doesn't have that natural teamwork quality to them? Well, I obviously they're there for a reason. They've done a good job, but yeah. I'm gonna actually refer back to Angie from yeah. episode two because she had a, a great little line of quotes here that said, we have to work together. It doesn't take one person to make a wedding successful. It takes everyone rowing in the same direction. And that right there, you can be the best photographer, videographer, whoever, DJ, but without you working together with everyone else, it's gonna cause friction. Yeah. And if we aren't all rowing in that same direction, we're steering off over off course. So. Yeah. Just being able to, to work as a team and to understand that, hey, we're, we're all going in the same direction here. Be with us, help us, help you to help the bride. And I mean, that's, that's really it. It's just, there's not a lot you can tell them, but if you can just say, hey, we're all on the same team here. Let's, let's act like it, let's play together. We're gonna win, so. Yeah. And I think a lot of that comes from just being on the same page on what you want that end result to be. Like I think you mentioned a minute ago when everybody's high-fiving each other or uh, at the end of the night whenever um, you just feel like you knocked it out of the park, a lot of that is teamwork just throughout all different vendors. What kind of advice would you give to wedding professionals about communication when it comes to not the timeline but the time frame, I guess, meaning uh, do you touch base with them before the wedding, a month before, or do you just do a quick touch base a day of? Like, what is a typical, what is the perfect teamwork wedding look like to you? So, and that, that's a great question there. And I love that question because I love getting to kind of talk about like my ideal situation. Yeah. And so that way people kind of know and they know like what type of bride and grooms I like and how we all need to work together. But I would, I would definitely say that as soon as a planner is on board, I need to know. 
maybe if it is Angie over at Part of Charm, I can literally text her or Logan or anybody over there and say, hey, it's Austin. I'm I'm doing the wedding on July, like whatever. And immediately it's just like, yes, like we got yeah. two people on board. Hey, who are the rest of our vendors? And as soon as we can get those coming in, I would love for a bride and groom to be like, hey, we got so-and-so on board for photography. We got them for video. And that way I kind of know who I'm working with. Maybe it's Scott from Alumni Productions mm-hmm. doing video. I know what he needs. I know what he has. I know exactly kind of how he's going to do things. So it helps me out a lot more. It takes a little bit more weight off our chest. Like, hey, I already know him. I know they're going to do a great job. But if it's someone we haven't worked with, maybe they're still going to do a great job, but maybe they do things a little bit differently. So being able to contact those vendors as much ahead of time as possible. Like as soon as you book them, like, let me know. Yeah. Well, thank you, Austin, for that. This, these next two that we interviewed, I interviewed them together. A lot of you know them. It's Brandon and Star Selman, and uh, they're a married couple. So I asked them how they work together being a married couple, because I'm sure a lot of uh, wedding professionals might have your 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 significant other help you out with things here and there. They may not be in the spotlight of your business, but uh, Brandon and Star have some really great and almost comical... Uh, it, we had a lot of fun with Brandon and Star. So just get, give this a listen about how they, can, how they work together as a husband and wife team. Here we go. You two are married. I don't know if the listener knows, but Brandon and Star, they're married. Yes. So being a married couple working in this industry... What works and what, and a more interesting question, what does not work? So what works as a married couple, uh, but tell us what doesn't work as well. You don't have to get too far into it. Don't, right, don't tell right. us all, all the... Let's start a fight. Right, yeah, let's, not, let's not relive any fights that have gone on, but, uh, but, but maybe there's a wedding, uh, a, a wedding professional listening in who uh, their, their husband or wife or partner uh, helps them a lot in their business. I'm sure that happens. My wife has helped me a lot with some recording stuff, just female vocals on some recording. So what works and what doesn't work? Okay, I guess I'll start. <laughs> um, a, I will say it takes a lot of patience for one, and you just have to kind of know each other's strengths. So when we first started this business, we kind of just took over every single role together. And... You know, it just doesn't work that way. There's no other way to describe it. So once you learn your strengths within your company and what you can focus on and what, in my case, my husband, Brandon, can focus on, it's just better in an end result. You guys work better as a team throughout the entire company. And then especially on your wedding day, um, you know, we're not sitting there hey, did you forget this? Hey, did you forget this? We just kind of know our parts and our roles within the company. And then on wedding day, we come back together as a whole to deliver a final product, basically. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, it's definitely all about staying in my lane. (laughs) Um, I (laughs) Just as a husband in general, but um, I really enjoy letting her and seeing her develop so many amazing wedding concepts. And then she just kind of passes the baton off to me to let me finish it up. And then I pass it back to her when needed. And it's just like, I think that's what makes us so successful is we are so strong in so many different areas of our business that it just really works. I mean, there's just, 
magic about it. That's all I can say. Oh, I like that word, magic about it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So who's the boss? I totally am. <laughs> well, the listener cannot see, but Brandon, Brandon is uh, signifying totally something. Uh, um, I feel like I'm the boss on Sundays. <laughs> Some days I get to be the boss. Can we have equal ownership in this? Yeah, <laughs> fine. <laughs> Sorry, I just I heard I heard a few things. I had yeah. to ask the question. No, so. that's good. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, Brandon and Star, for that. That was that was kind of fun jumping into that kind of question with them. So uh, this next clip is from Michelle Martin with Blue Label Bartending, and I know nothing about that world, so I kind of came at her with with some bare basic questions. Then she starts to to talk about things that couples forget and things that venues forget and things that are very important that they should not forget. So she educates us on that, and she also edu- uh, entertains us with a with a story towards the end of this clip. So I, I hope you have fun listening to that. Here's here's Michelle Martin's. So what are some things that a a couple or a venue may forget? Things that are often uh, forgotten, overlooked, or maybe just there's misunderstanding on who's handling what, but things that the bar definitely needs. Things like ice, cooler Mm. space. When I say cooler space, I mean like ice chests, clean ice chests, clean ice. Um, is there an ice machine at the venue? If not, who is bringing in the ice? These are all things that we can do. We can pre- provide ice coolers, clear plastic cups, keg taps, drink dispensers, wine carafes, things like that, because those are the items that people tend to overlook. <laughs> the last item that people overlook a lot is bottled water uh, or water of some sort. And they say, well, my caterer is taking care of that portion, which is great. However, the caterers tend to leave well before the bar ends before the bar closes. And so while that caterer may have tea, water, and lemonade out for dinner, once everybody's finished with dinner, they usually pack up all their stuff and go home, which means everyone's coming to the bar looking at me going, can I have some water? I've been drinking for four hours and often we don't have any to give them. So that's one thing I almost always include on the shopping list. Even if, and I say, if they don't buy it and people come to me for water, it was on the shopping list. I I hoped it would work out. Yeah. Yeah, I have found that just to, I've found that to be very true. I mean, even I'm a musician, but I've overheard at weddings before it starts. Cause I get there, I get at weddings about three hours early and I've overheard somebody say, who got the ice? Nobody got that. Where's the ice? And nice. like somebody from the, you know, and the people who get there that early are, you know, typically the, I'll say the more important people right. that you don't necessarily want running errands like that because right. it's a groomsman that needs to be in the pictures or a parent that needs to be in some of the pictures if they do a lot of the pictures beforehand. So now you have a parent or somebody going and buying ice. Sure. Um, but that's, so that's good to know that you guys provide that and that you remind your couples about that. And yes, so- we can absolutely. Um, pr- in fact, I encourage our, whether we do, weddings is by far our biggest I guess, portion of events that we do, but we also do other special events. But whether it be couples or customers, whomever I'm speaking with, in the beginning when they book us, often they'll say, oh, we'll handle the ice and coolers or (laughs) or someone in the family will handle it. And then the closer it gets, when they realize how crazy that day is going to be, often they go, oh gosh, we're so glad. I've never had a customer come back to me in the nine years I've been doing this, I've never had a customer come back and say, I regret you bringing ice and coolers. I've never, it's always the opposite. I'm so glad that you guys brought the ice and coolers because we had no idea how much we needed. And just even even the bottled water thing, I mean, that's that's huge because- Just reminding them to bring bottled water is a big thing. 
So what are some, uh, I'm being in the bartending service, I'm sure you have stories. Oh, so many stories. <laughs> can so you, many. Can you think of one that, uh, just, just entertain us a little bit. Just tell us a story, a story oh, or two. Oh, goodness. Oh, one that comes to mind always when people ask me for funny stories. I've been in the bar, regular bar business a long time, and those are completely different stories altogether. But private events, one of the very first weddings I worked, I'd probably maybe worked five or six events. This was when Garrett was still owner. Um, it was at Express Event Center, which is used to be on Expressway. It's something else now. And I show up and I knew what I was supposed to be serving. We, I always now send my bartenders a, a, what we call an info sheet. It tells them what to wear, what time to be there, what they're bringing, what drinks they're serving. If it's a specialty cocktail, I'll even have the recipe on there for them. So it was supposed to be beer and wine only. And I show up and yes, there is beer and yes, there is wine and there is a lot of beer and a lot of wine. There is also three pallets of mason jars that are full of homemade moonshine. (laughs) And I just, I was stumped. Uh, In all of the time that I've ever worked in restaurants and bars, that, that was definitely a first for me. And I said, oh boy, I don't, I don't know. And it, apparently it was a wedding gift. I can't remember mm. if the couple made it or someone made it for them, but it was a wedding gift and it was very important to them that it be served. So I called my boss and I said, here's the situation. What do you want me to do? And of course they hadn't conveyed it to him at all. They just thought a bartender will be here. It should be no problem. And he gave me the go ahead because it was so important to the couple even though we probably shouldn't, probably shouldn't have served that in retrospect. Um, this was a long time ago. It right? was. I mean, we're looking uh, nine years ago. Nine years ago. Nine years ago. So we served it and um, I, I served it and people admittedly got a little bit more intoxicated than they should have and I eventually stopped serving. But I often keep hand sanitizer on the bar, whether it's for me or for you know the other bartenders I'm working with, just a good way because our hands get sticky with soda and what have you. Yeah. Um, well, one of the gentlemen who had been imbibing moonshine came over to the bar, grabs my hand sanitizer, dumps it all over both of his hands, takes a lighter and lit himself on fire and proceeds wow. to run around the venue just waving his arms wildly with his hands on fire. And... At that point, I said, never again will I serve moonshine. <laughs> Was this guy, he meant to set himself He did, he did it. Uh, he did it to be funny and to get attention. And, and did it work? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for that, Michelle Martin. This next one, Andrew Crow. I feel like I almost speak his language in, in certain in certain aspects because he uh, focuses on something that's close to my heart, and that's uh, personal growth through reading books and learning from other people who have been there and done that, or other people who are much uh, smarter than we are, and how that benefits and grows your business. So I specifically ask him about that and and what the results have been on on him really just digging into. To, uh, personal growth by reading different books by by reputable authors. So so here we go. Here's Andrew Crow talking about that. I don't like reading, but I know I have to do it. Mm. Uh, yeah. So because um, I mean, it, it, I would rather watch TV or I'd rather read a more entertaining book. But sure. I read business books. Um, 
And so that has contributed to my business's growth. And I've mentioned both Dave Ramsey and John Maxwell to yeah. you uh, long ago, a few years ago, mm-hmm. and you knew exactly who both of them were. You're into both of them. You listen mm-hmm. to both of them. So um, when it comes to reading and being influenced by people like Dave Ramsey and John Maxwell and some of the others that, that we had talked about, um, how much business growth can you credit reading and listening to those people? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll, I'll take it back to the beginning of when we started the business. I was not a reader. Oh, really? I was okay. not. No, no. I was uh, 24 and <laughs> just out of college and I had just had my first daughter and I, I wasn't, I never read for fun yeah. or for knowledge or for pleasure. I mean, we went to school and went to college, yeah. but, um, it was never on my mind. And then I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know why or what got me started. I, it must've been whenever we started the venue and I was like, okay, I've got to figure this whole <laughs> thing out yeah. because I have no idea what I'm doing. And so then I just, I started reading, at least for me, what was like a maniac. I mean, <laughs> I read a book a month, I've yeah. read a book a month for years now. Yep. Um, some people read a lot more than that. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not some angel or anything, but, um, it's, it's contributed. I don't, I don't know how to slap a percentage on it, but it's, I mean, it's been huge. Yeah. It's been huge. I, you don't just have this knowledge inherently. Yeah. You, you, you just, you have to learn it and, yep. and experience it. Yep. I had neither when I started <laughs> and I've luckily now got both Yeah, or at least some of both. There's a lot more to learn uh, for, for myself personally, but um, yeah, man, I cannot tell you how much reading has helped me yep, in, absolutely. All, in all aspects of life and in business. Well, thank you, Andrew, for that. This next clip is from Janice Harris with Harris Custom Catering. And we talk about uh, some advice that she would give, uh, especially if you think or feel like maybe an event is smaller than usual. So you might get maybe a little too comfortable thinking that it's small because I found myself in those situations, as you'll see, as, as I have this conversation with her, I have found myself in situations where I have thought a wedding is small, so I don't need to prepare as much. And, and I'm wrong whenever I do that. And, and so we talk a little bit about that. And then we also talk about trends, catering trends, trends that I really never really knew about when it came to catering, because I just don't know much about catering, but I do now after listening or after interviewing Janice Harris, and I, and I hope this little clip will educate you on a few things about catering as well. What kind of situations have you found yourself in as a caterer that could that could be good advice to other vendors? For example, maybe you've gone to a small wedding or what you thought would be a small wedding as far as responsibilities, and maybe it hasn't been. Uh, how would you prepare for something like that? Has it has those experiences changed? the way you do weddings. Um, just kind of talk to me about that. Just sure. any advice that you have for other weddings. My experience with small weddings or what we consider easy weddings is that when we underestimate them, we miss some small details. Oh, uh, okay. So sometimes we always do a final meeting two weeks prior and we go over um, the logistics of the day. Um, another reason it's important to hire professionals, not just caterers, is because timeline is a big issue. Yeah. Um, DJs like their own timeline. <laughs> photographers like their own timeline. Yep. Um, and then caterers have sometimes have a different timeline. So if you have a planner there that brings all those timelines together, the flow of the event is just so much better. Um, 
Also, some advice I would say is connect with your bride and groom. One thing we asked on our survey when we first deal with the bride and groom is if you had something that you could absolutely have at your wedding, what would it be? And that's not just from a catering aspect, just in general. Yeah. Whether it's a hot air balloon or, you know, a custom beer made or something like that. I may not be able to execute it, but maybe I know someone who can. Yeah. So if we can make their dreams come true, then it's just going to make not only their guests excited, but them (laughs) had to have a memorable time. Yeah, yeah, I really like what you say about that because that is you as a wedding professional not taking shortcuts and actually looking for, um, recognizing that sometimes you can get too comfortable with the smaller events. Uh, And I've been there too. I'd be lying if I said that's never happened. I've certainly gone to weddings where it's much smaller crowd and I felt like, you know, oh, well, obviously I'm gonna prepare for this, but it's not a big crowd. Then I show up. It's like, maybe I should have prepared a little bit more, yeah, exactly. even though what I didn't prepare for will go unnoticed. Right. But to me, it doesn't. So for catering, when you think of flowers, when you think of decorations, when you think of even things that DJs do like songs and, uh, and just different things, you th- I think of the word trends. Yes. I don't think of that when I think of catering, but I, th- I think I'm wrong. <laughs> I <though>. think you're wrong. <laughs> so, so correct me on that. What are some trends uh, that happen with catering? Okay. Um, a, one of the trends that we're really seeing really strong right now is what we call stations. Okay. Um, sometimes they're themed, other times they're not. But what it allows is us to have different um, singular tables around the room to where there's not a line forming. Okay. for the buffet and it gets your guests up and mingling and if you're wanting that feel for your event um you know we'll, we've done it so many different ways but sometimes we'll have like a tex-mex theme station we might have a barbecue theme station um it just allows some freedom within the room um another trend that we're seeing is um, multicultural cuisine mm-hmm. a lot of guests come from different areas so we're mixing it up Um, And it's okay to mix it up. It doesn't have to make sense. We can theme it your favorites menu. Um, (laughs) I've done some fusions that are pretty crazy. Um, The other trend that we're seeing, which I'm kind of excited about, is luxury receptions to where our client has a lower guest count so that they can provide a better experience for the guest. So from a catering perspective, we would get to get into some five-course, seven-course meals versus you know, trying to feed 400 people Yeah, to have as many people at your reception as possible. So Yeah. Well, thank you, Janice. This next clip is from Amanda Taylor with Embellished Weddings, and she does something that kind of helps her stay engaged with her couples, not only right when she books them, but throughout the entire process. And, and I'm kind of guilty of, of, you know, I would book somebody, and then, of course, I'd never forget about my clients, but I don't really reach out until it gets a lot closer to their wedding day. But she does things a little more different and, and just really that customer service experience from the booking date to the wedding day. And then I also let this uh, podcast episode run a little into uh, what she does is called an engaged event. So I kind of talk a little bit about that toward the end of this clip, just so you're you're kind of aware of some cool things that she does, I think twice a year for engaged couples. So so here it is, Amanda Taylor in her own words on this. And I know you guys are, are really big on customer experience, you know, not only just having a great customer experience through the inquiry because, you know, that's whenever everybody's, you know, they use uh, enthusiasm when they respond. Yes, I'd love to work with you on your wedding day, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, but you guys have that same enthusiasm about making weddings fun and personal and making it 
um, you know, as flawless as you can get yeah. it, of course. Uh, and so what are some of the things that you do in between from the inquiry to the wedding day to kind of keep that enthusiasm about that client, to yeah. keep that customer experience going? Yeah, that's a great question. So that's huge for us is the customer experience of you and your fiance mean more to us than just like a booking on paper or just you are valuable customers to us. And so something that we do is we celebrate right with you. Right after you book, you get an engagement gift from us, uh, yeah. just a celebratory, just a gift that says, congratulations, you're engaged. Like this is such an exciting season. So it's a whole gift box just full of goodies to celebrate. It includes a little balloon on there that says, yay, um, we're celebrating with you. This is such an exciting time. So there's books and uh, notepads that say things to do before I do. And it's just full of things um, that are kind of customized for this engaged season. You're only engaged for, you know, six to 12 months, 18 months, and we want to soak up this time with you. So that that gift happens right upon booking. And then we just have um, a complete experience through our wedding planning meetings, through meeting with vendors. They don't have to pay for any time. We go to lunch or coffee. We take care of all of yeah. those meetings. And then on the day of their wedding, we also have a wedding day gift that we give all of our couples. And so there's just more, there's more of a relational side to our business that we really put a focus on than just, let's plan your wedding. Let's just yeah. get down to business. You know, obviously we do plan the wedding. There's a million details that go along with that. But um, the customer experience from start to finish is kind of what's really important to us. Yeah, so. and that's impressive. And that's what you want in a company when you hire them because the things that you mentioned are things that you don't have to do. Mm-hmm. Like they already booked you. Yeah. You already have their business. Mm-hmm. You don't have to give them that that gift or those those uh, things that they can make notes on or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. That's something that you're doing because you care about your yeah. client. Yep. And one thing that has um, impressed me about what you guys do is you take it a step further and Um, you're doing something that's called the engaged event. And that's because if I'm kind of reading into this right, it sounds like uh, you obviously care about somebody's wedding, but this engaged event shows that you care about somebody's marriage. Yeah. Well, thank you, Amanda. This next clip of the, this last clip of part one is Abby Berry from Gallardia. And and what I did, we weren't really, we talked about a lot of things throughout the podcast, but this general question I asked her was just pretty much open for her to say whatever she wanted. And, and what she said has so much value. I basically just asked her for, for general advice on what she'd give other wedding vendors. Uh, and, and what she said was, was wonderful. It's stuff that I try to apply in my own life and in my own business. And it has grown me and it has grown my business. So I know if you listen to what Abby says, whenever I ask her what advice she has for other wedding professionals, I promise your wedding will benefit from the advice you're about to hear whenever I talk to Abby. So here it is. If this is a room full of wedding professionals, which most of our listeners are, uh, is there any advice you'd give them? Uh, it, maybe it pertains to what you just said or maybe just something, something that we hadn't even discussed yet. Don't be afraid to think new. Because it's so easy for us to get into a rut and to think that what you know works best. And I'm guilty of that too. For me and my venue and my staff, I know what timeline generally works best. I know generally where we might put the cake or what kind of table the cake might go on. So don't be afraid of new. Don't be afraid of changing up the timeline or of dreaming up something big. I've got some weddings coming up this fall with some great planners and designers that are doing things in this venue that I've never even heard of or thought of. Hmm. 
reading magazines and going to conferences and seeing new ideas, it just renews your passion for this industry. Absolutely. Because it's easy to fall into the same thing. Yep. Again, it is someone's wedding day, but it's just a work day for us. You can flip the script on that, and instead of finding passion in your work day, it's easy to reduce the passion of someone's wedding day down to, well, another day at work, another another day behind the DJ booth, another wedding cake to cut. So finding something new to get excited about is so fun. And then for us as vendors to share that idea with someone else you don't have to hold your cards close. I can only do one wedding a day. That whole cut the cake whilst they're paying attention to somebody else, I wish everybody would do that. Yeah. I really do. Uh, I wish everybody would think about doing a first look. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but that's just my experience. If somebody else has a better way of doing it, I want to be open to learning that. So staying open-minded in what we think works best and being willing to try something new. Well, thank you, Abby. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to part one of the 2019 Best of. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope, I mean, let me know if, if you think I should be doing something better. I'm certainly open to suggestions, but right now I, I love what all of these wedding professionals have said. They all can add value to all of us. And so I would encourage you to continue listening to the podcast, not to hear my voice, but to hear the voices of your colleagues, the people who are out there working these weddings with you in this local industry and what they have learned and what they have done to grow their business. So that was part one. I've got part two coming up next week. It's going to have, I believe, episodes 14 through 25 or 13 through 25, something like that. So tune in and listen to another chunk of these wonderful Oklahoma wedding professionals and what they have to offer as far as their knowledge to us. So thank you guys. We'll see you next week.